I bet Calgary fans are more pleasant to be around. Just yeah, general. Calgary's also just a nicer city than Edmonton. Yeah. Gretzky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to a very special episode of Puck Puck Pass. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by our very own Zach Mack, and today we are joined by belly-up golf expert, Canadian Leaf fan, Luke McGraw. Yes, yeah, McGraw. McGraw. Luke McGraw, he's joining us uh, for our episode today. We're very happy to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, uh, real quick, what do you do, what do you uh, what do you do at Belly Up? Uh, so I write. Uh, I've been writing hockey and golf content since uh, since July, since I joined the company, and then uh, just the last probably three four months, I've been handling the golf Twitter and uh, started up the Tee Off podcast about a month and a half ago, and just been loving being at Belly Up. It's been great. I I appreciate hearing that. I I guess I'll do it. I wasn't going to, but might as well since I'm changing my Twitter bio and everything. A bit of personal news as far as Belly Up is concerned. Um, I was promoted, I guess you could say, to president of Belly Up, basically just handling operations and keeping these two dopes and others like them in line. Um, so just hand, handling the big thing. So I appreciate you, uh, you showing the company some love. Yeah. Mr. Mr. President, I guess that's what we have to call you now. Congrats to you. Prez. Yeah. I was fucking, I was just about to say, don't start calling me El Prez. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not for it, but, uh, yeah. So that's, that's what's been going on in my life as well as some just, we've got hockey headlines out the wazoo, but you guys know how Saturdays are. We're not segmented. We're not this is very informal. We were talking about suits and ties before the episode. Uh, I'm in a devil's pullover and some sweats right now. So we're, we're ready to relax. Well, actually one of us has already been hitting the bar on this Saturday. How are you feeling this morning, Zach? Man? Yeah. In my grout fit, gray sweats, gray hoodie. Um, just wanted to catch some early college basketball uh, before we hopped on here. But uh, I'm just excited about hockey, man. I'm, uh, Bruins Islanders playing right now. I'm throwing hockey on whenever I can right now. This is an exciting part of the season. So we were before you before you got in here. Luke and I were talking about um, starting your Saturday late morning, early afternoon with Bruins Islanders, and there's probably not a worse hockey equivalent to start your day like that. Are we accurate? Yeah, it would take. I mean, me, that's just boring hockey. It would take me some time to think of a more boring matchup. But you're right. That's not a. A lot of defense, I would surmise. But it's also just the fact that it's like two fan bases that a lot of the hockey world just hates. You know what I mean? Like Boston fans in general, shout out Jackson, peasant. Um, you know, <laughs> little thank you. Not the that. not the most well liked group of people. And then Islanders fans, kind of the same thing. It's amazing. I said again, I said this to KJ, it's amazing how obnoxious islanders fans are for how boring their hockey team is they are boring there's really no other way to describe them yeah you don't really you don't really get the same like i don't get the same feel from 
uh, Stars fans than I do Islanders fans, but they are very similar. Like I heard um, Greg Wyshynski at ESPN was talking about the the e-bug stuff as far as how a team could puck possess their way out of that, not to bury the hatchet even or bury the knife even further for Luke. But <laughs> um, Dallas, the Islanders, and Carolina are probably the only three teams that could do that as far as possession and defense. And Islanders fans are the only of the three that really act like they're the king shit as far as defensive hockey. I must and not I mean, follow should. enough Islanders fans. I do not get that vibe at all. You, yeah, you definitely don't follow enough Islanders. Well, I, I mean, I had the feud all last season going into the playoffs as well with, with Islanders fans on Twitter. I kind of Mostly because I didn't believe in them, but yeah, whatever. They're They're quickly falling out of the playoff race as well. I mean, they're in the first wild card, but they have not looked great over their last 10. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about, because we kind of were joking about <clears throat> what looks like a totally new Minnesota wild team. They're one point out of the wild card spot, and they are 21 for 21 in their last – or they've killed their last 21 penalties, in including two brutal victories over the Red Wings and Blue Jackets that combined 12 to 1. I've never really had a wild segment on any podcast I've ever done, but are we looking at a blues type? I don't think they're cup contenders, but they're making a push. Like they're similar to a blues kind of like rebrand midseason, make the playoffs scare some teams. They're heavy. Like I know that they're a, they're a heavier team. Like it's kind of that typical, you know, cliche Western conference kind of look. Um, Not a whole lot of speed on their roster. I think they just, and, and it looks like they've gotten better since they fired Bruce Boudreaux, which I still kind of question that decision, but I don't know, like they've making a bit of a run and they're at least going to, they're at least going to contend for a spot. I don't know if they're really going to make it. That's what I was going to say about the, we were laughing because they fired Boudreaux after they just had a pretty good last 10. And here they are still, I think, yeah, six, three and one, three game win streak. I mean, I, I kind of echo Luke where I'm not so worried about this team, but it is, they could get in, I think. Yeah. I, I I think it'd be interesting to see them matched up against like right now, they'd be, if they got into that second wild card, they'd be matched up against the blues. You talk about a heavy series and shit. Talk about boring hockey. There we go. I still take the blues in like five in that series, but yeah. If they get Tarasenko back, I agree with you. Right now, I'm not sold. I still don't think they're – I mean, they're on fire right now. They've recovered from what was a pretty gnarly slump. Yeah. But, I mean, how up – you can only be up and up and up and up for so long, whether it's between the pipes or offensively with what with what really isn't a stout offensive group. They're just – I mean, they handle the puck really well. They've, they've scored a lot of goals recently. But they're just really good at home, especially over the last month. Yeah, and they I, are. I, I'm not convinced it would be five. I think they'd win the series, but it'd be a good six or seven game series. I think it would depend on what which version of Devin Dubnik we get in Minnesota, really. Like, and at the same time, it also depends on what we get from Jordan Bennington. Like that guy could fall off. No, we always know what we're going to get from Jordan Bennington. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a cheap shot to the lower back. Uh, when we talk about the Western conference, it really doesn't matter though, because the best team is on an eight game win streak and, and Vegas is 
Vegas solved their only problem, which was not having a backup goalie. Now they have two starters. And having Laner, I, I firmly believe that having Laner is going to turn Marc-Andre Fleury to a Vesna-caliber goaltender again. It's going to push him. I, I, I mean, I, I don't see how they don't come out of the West right now. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look good for the rest of the Pacific, that's for sure. Like I, I don't, they they'd have to get really, really banged up to really to look to look intimidated, to look mortal. This they, is, they just look great. Yeah, this is actually the lar- largest Pacific lead anybody's had this season for that division. Um I've watched the Vegas' last two games. They just look impressive. They they they're playing as a complete team. I think you're right about adding Laner that helps. Um I it was ironic because he led in the first shot as a knight, but then recovered nicely, played well, extremely well the rest of the game. I think this team is coming together at the right time. I think the coach switch was, looking back on it, hindsight's twenty twenty. obviously. I think it was a good move. They didn't have that misfit uh, attitude, I guess, that they had when they were successful. And... Switch coaches, all of a sudden, it seems like they're in a groove. Because they just it, work. They just work so hard. That's the one thing that I've noticed. They just like they just skate their asses off all the time, more than any other team I've seen. It's insane. They they are definitely the most complete two hundred foot team. That there's no question about that. I don't even think in the West in in the league. Absolutely. I I think what's interesting, Zach, you just brought up a great point. They were so successful as the misfits, as the the players that teams didn't want. That wears off when you when you go to the playoffs back to back years. You go to the Stanley Cup Finals. You experience what I mean. Everyone kind of said, and Zach, I think this was you actually mentioned this was your turning point on Vegas. Was they finally had heartbreak, or they felt like they got robbed in going into the season. Even their Twitter account was like, hey, we're just the silly misfits. And maybe the coaching change reminded them that, like, no, we're just really fucking good. And they're playing like it now. I think that's what DeBoer is good for. Like, I think he's, you know, I, it, I know we questioned it a lot when it happened, but I'm just like, it's just kind of a revelation for me, I guess. Just like, wow, I think they, they do know what they're doing. Isn't it? Isn't it crazy right now? We're you know we, the Blues have been up there the whole year. Colorado, like they had injuries, but they hung around. Right now, the three best teams in the West are on a eight, six, and five game winning streak, and just kind of solidifying that it's going to come down to one of those three. If, if we had to guess, being St. Louis, Colorado, and Vegas, Colorado being the wild card. Because, I, Zach, we know what you think about Colorado and, and how talented they are. So, Luke, I'll direct this to you first. Colorado and St. Louis match up. That's kind of a very – that's two very contrasting styles. What do you look – well, what would you look at going into that series and ultimately, I mean, you've got a team with a plus 50 goal differential and a plus 25. Yeah, it's such the, a toss-up because they're so – because of the fact that they're so different, I'd I'd obviously say that St. Louis has the, the edge in net. Um, but other than that, you know, Colorado maybe got a bit more speed, but then you've got the St. Louis who's so good defensively. Uh, it's such a, yeah, that's such a hard series to even like, to even pick. 
Um, so it, it's it might come down come down to goaltending. Um, just because I think that I don't think you're going to see McKinnon and Ranton and putting up two three points a game each. I think that those guys have to elevate their their 200 foot game a little bit to really succeed against the Blues. Um, so so it'll be interesting to see how that would work out if they did end up playing together. I would watch that series. I would just strap me to the chair and give me seven games of that. <laughs> would love it. Yeah, Zach, I know that'd be a wet dream for you as far as as <laughs> the two teams that that you want to match up. Where would your allegiance lie in a series? Like oh, that? that's so tough. That's t- I would just I'd probably just be rooting for good hockey. Um, I think Luke hit it on the nose. I it, I, I really do think it would come down to how well Bennington plays. It, whether or not you know the McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog can because if these teams are both fully healthy, I think it could be a lot of back and forth. But the edge of net goes to the Blues. So if Bennington stands on his head for a series, they could win it in five or six. But if he doesn't, Colorado could win it in five or six. Is there anything to Colorado maybe having having take their or having had you know taken their lumps last year and you know kind of learning from? Yeah, they. I mean, they were on the opposite end. They were one of a few teams on the opposite end of the Sharks being gifted a game or two or a major penalty. But I mean, Colorado was dangerous last year and they they're dangerous again this year. They're only three points back of St. Louis with two games in hand. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they're, they're one of the teams this year that are unquestionably, unquestionably better on paper than they were last year. So that's why I give them hope to go further than they did last year. And like you said, they ran into that. What is an offsides? deal with the, against the sharks that the sharks got yeah. lucky so yeah. you know i think you know that's not going to happen again so i think they make a deeper run was it offsides or was it too many men i think it like might have f- been too many men uh, like a foot on the ice but it was it was near like the offside i think it, it was, was near the those, blue line i think it was one of those arenas where the like the inside of the bench is actually like inside of the blue line which might have screwed it up I could oh, be wrong. I could be right. totally wrong on that, but it might have been that one of those. That does ring weird... a bell when you say it like that. Yeah. Some of those arenas, I know a lot of them in Europe have that where like the in, it's such a long like it's that long change during the second period and stuff like that. So you have that that weird offside rule with the benches. Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of other countries, let's not gloss over what is happening in the Pacific in Vancouver. I mean, as good as Vegas is, nothing is for sure. We saw it last year with Vegas. Um, Vancouver and Edmonton are, you know, like Zach said, this is the furthest anyone's had a lead or the biggest lead anyone's had in the Pacific. Vancouver and Edmonton are only six points back. Vancouver has a game in hand over Edmonton, three games in hand on Vegas. But neither one has looked especially, I mean, even average over their last 10 Zach's been on the Edmonton train all year. Are either of these teams, I mean, those are probably the three Pacific playoff teams for sure, but Calgary's only a point back and had, and they've played one more game than Edmonton. Are we just kind of brushing like Vancouver and Edmonton aren't really contenders like we thought they were a few weeks ago, right? Uh, I'd take, I would take Edmonton over Vancouver in a series just because I think they're a little bit heavier. Um, and the Connor McDavid factor. 
I really like, even though, but at the same time, Vancouver, I think has the advantage in net because Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen are magic beans. You can get, you can get Vesna quality goaltending, or you can get an ECHL rejects from, from but they're so tall. We love tall goalies. <laughs> um, it, well, it's funny because it, and Zach, I'll throw this your way. We, they're, they're both kind of the teams that we, pledged allegiance to in the beginning of the season. Like there are, there are, I don't want to say second teams. Cause we, you know, we cover so much of the league every time we do one of these shows, but Vancouver was my dark horse and Edmonton was, you know, your, your team, at least in the Pacific for a while. I'd like this series. I think it'd be a good series. I think Quinn Hughes against either McDavid or dries at this point would be a ton of fun to watch, but this is, this is like the stars predator series last year. Like, let's just see the winner. Let's just see who gets to lose. In the <laughs> yeah. I, you talked about the games in hand. Vancouver, like seven of Vancouver's next eight games are against playoff teams. So they've got a tough stretch. Um, even if they do have games in hand, they've got, they need to come up with some big wins. I don't think Edmonton's is that difficult upcoming. Um, you mentioned Calgary behind them. They don't have the games in hand. So, I'm I'm more interested to see when these games played even out, because um, coming down to when you get closer to game eight or two, those games in hand become much more important and collecting wins when you need them. So I think Vancouver's tough stretch ahead is going to be make it tough for them to hold on to that two spot. But and Markstrom's out two weeks. Yeah, so I so Demko's their guy. I would agree with Luke. I'm taking Edmonton in a series. I don't know that uh, Edmonton's weird though. They could make a run. Like I just feel like I don't know. I'm I'm not well, giving well, up on it. Yet. I don't know. Well, because yeah. they get they're getting KJ's favorite hockey player, Zach Cassian, back in the lineup tonight. <laughs> that guy's such a fucking scumbag. <laughs> but I will say, already? It, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's been sharpening his skate blades ever since. <laughs> I forgot that uh, that was the kick one. <laughs> yeah. Holy yeah, shit. he sucks. Um, the <laughs> the interesting thing to me with Edmonton right now is not so much that Ken Holland dipped into the Red Wings talent pool, which looking back now, we should have expected. And if if I'm sure everyone else did, and maybe I just didn't, because, you know, what are you pulling from with a team that is so historically bad? But that also could work in their favor with, you know, they needed a puck-moving defenseman, at least a defenseman that could move the puck up ice. You get that Mike Green. He's not what he used to be, but he's still... Yeah, he's hurt. Him and Athanasiu both got hurt. Like, holy shit. Shit. Terrible timing. That's that's what working late will do to you. But, uh, (laughs) well, then, because I was going to say, I mean, let's say they're back for the playoffs. Those are those could be two guys that were the struggles the Red Wings went to uh, through or are going through might have masked those guys being good hockey players. I don't want to say great or all stars. Absolutely. I mean, Athanasio was a thirty goal scorer at one point. Athanasio, the biggest issue for him is his attitude. Yep, that's what I've heard. Is that that's the issue in Detroit? And Elliot Friedman actually said once they made that trade. If you can't succeed on Connor McDavid's line, then you have no hope. You have no hope. So if Athanasiu screws this up, being as fast as he is, not being able to tap pucks in, playing with Connor cheat code McDavid, 
then he like uh, like you're done you're finished go to the khl well and and that's what you know that's been my motto for a long time is if you had an attitude problem go to edmonton because that'll solve it <laughs> i mean we see it with poyarvi we saw it with yakupov we saw it like like i agree that fncu has an attitude problem i don't think i i can't think of a worse spate, uh, spot to go for him if if that's what the main issue is. I think a lot of it had to do, I mean, attitude. Yes. Getting the most of what you in Edmonton really didn't give up a lot for these guys, but getting whatever you can for the assets you have. I mean, they're not getting rid of Larkin. He's a hometown kid that that wasn't going to be the case, but the superstar. He, he's a, he's an NHL. Player. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we could talk about the West forever because it, you know, cliches aside, it has been the wild, wild West all year. But the uh, Vegas just looks so good. Yeah. So let's let's transition to the East real quick, and we'll. This is kind of all all of us kind of live in the East a little bit as far as teams we like. I I want to start with the Rangers, which is yes. not normally something I would do. Why Sorry, you? I was just really excited to start with the New York Hockey Rangers. That's all. I, I they I, are I can't get over how much I love. I don't know why. I just think it's so funny when you call them the New York. <laughs> so hockey it's Rangers. the New York Football Giants. So I'm like, I'm doing it for hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Uh, I wouldn't normally even worry about them, but they are only two points out of a, a wild card spot with two games in hand on Columbus. It they. They're sandwiched between Carolina and Florida, which we we all or a lot of us did think were could be the wild card teams going into this year. Not expecting Columbus and Philly to do what they've done, and Columbus is obviously in a downward spiral. But the Rangers didn't do a ton at the trade deadline, other than get rid of Brady Shea. Brady Shea. They give Kreider the extension, which we thought he was going to be moved. They're two points out, and now Kreider has a broken foot. Is that I did this when Carter Hart went down for the Flyers, so I'm not going to be the first to say it. But is is that too much to overcome for the Rangers? No, no, no. I think because Artemi Panarin is playing out of his mind, and if the Rangers get in, he has to be considered for the Hart Trophy. Uh, and huh. I don't know, like they, they're getting their goaltending from this trio. Um, I know Shostyorkins is out for a little bit. Yeah, now. shout out to shout out to him and uh Buchnevich. Buchnevich. That sucks. Yeah, that, that was hope, a tough, hope they that get was better. A tough one, but I mean, Georgie. The thing is, like, you know, Hank is still Hank, sort of, and Georgiev obviously is still a very serviceable goalie. So I don't th- like the Kreider injury. Obviously, hurts them offensively a little bit, and they've lost Brady Shea. I still think that's a really sneaky hockey team. You know what I mean? And I just, I, I yeah, still yeah. think that there's a really, I still think that just given what's happening with the Islanders and with the, and with the Blue Jackets, that the Rangers like very well could sneak in. Zach Mack, what do you think about the uh, New York? Hockey oh, well, I was, I didn't know whether to save it for our leap day segment, but the, they were my, take a leap in the standings. I, they're eight and two in the last 10. They're, they're seventh in their division. And they're only two spots. That's just crazy 
to think about the Metro. They're seventh <laughs> in their division out of eight teams, and they're two spots out of a, a wild card. Um, the teams in front of them in the division, Carolina, two-game losing streak, 5-4-1 and one in their last 10. Columbus, 1-4-5 and five in their last 10, two-game losing streak. The Islanders, 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10, two-game losing streak. Meanwhile, the Rangers are sneaking up 8-2 and two in their last 10. I think they could more easily than people think could just jump three teams in the matter of six days. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they've got the best goaltending out of the teams in front of them currently. Uh, just as far as being able to get a fresh body in there, uh, Merzlikens numbers are still up there, but I think that's a lot of how good he was off the bat because he, you know, that, that team is just, they're one, four. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like one, four, four and five? five. Not good. I mean, how are they still in a playoff spot? Like, holy Yeah, those overtime points. They are 12, 9, and 10 on the road. Ooh. The Rangers are 18, 12, and 2. I mean, that's not even great, but that's a shit ton better than Columbus. So Columbus is doing what the Leafs did in 16, 17, just the pity points. That's how they're staying in it. It's It's all of the loser points in overtime and shootouts. Oh, so let's just, let's cross the series off as a seven game implosion in <laughs> whoever they play. We'll move on. Now I, uh, <laughs> I'm with you guys and I, it's probably not too much to overcome, but it is one of those things where like, it's one of those situations that, that protects people with a hot take. Like all the, like, oh, look at the way our Temi Panarin is playing. They are, they are a hundred percent a playoff team. There's no if ands or buts about it, they're going to catch Columbus or New York it's, or the Islanders. It's just going to happen. And then they don't. And then it's like, yeah, well, what are you supposed to do without Kreider? I mean, he's the leader of that team. Yeah, so it, it is an interesting situation. They they do have a lot going for them. They're going to make it, and then Capocacco is going to do an amazing postseason run. How incredible would that be? I would love if, that. Con Smythe winner Capo Caco. Oh, no way. They'd never give it to a European two years in a row. Oh, no, no. Oh, oh no. Ryan O'Reilly. Thinking, Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got, I had Ovi stuck in my head, but yeah, O'Reilly. That's right. They could give it to Capo Caco. Uh, it, or Panarin. Give me, give me Henrik Lundqvist in the playoffs at least yeah. one more time. People, people act like, I mean, Zach and I talked about this before. And Luke, you've probably caught on to it. I mean, people act like Henry Lundqvist is some sieve in the playoffs. His team has let him down every single time he's had a good game. Well, yeah. And remember, like, it's it wasn't too long ago that they were in a cup. Yeah, he final. dragged them to that cup. And final. then and then yeah. weren't they in the I mean, and then in what the next year they were in the they were the team that Tampa beat to go play against Chicago in 15, right? Like <laughs> Yeah, they were. Yeah, like Hank. Like Tampa got dusted in that series, but you know, Hank is thank you. Hank's Hank. He's the king. And I still like and he wants it. There's a reason why he hasn't gotten traded. Like I think like he's still he's king shit in that locker room. I still think he is. And he if he wants it and if they get in, I think they're gonna give him the they're at least gonna give him the chance to to have his net. And who I don't I don't like who knows what he could do. It's the playoffs. Anything could happen. Any goalie can get hot. Anti Niemi won a Stanley Cup. Again, KJ, enjoy that. <laughs> yep. Love that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, hard, it, it's hard to find an argument against them other than the fact that they're not currently in a playoff spot. Yeah. 
And if, if they were getting any amount of consistency in any three facets of the game, other than Artemi Panarin having 88 points, outside of that, they should be in the top three of the Metro if they show consistency. I think I had them fourth in the Metro in the beginning of the year because I'm drawing a blank, but I might have had New Jersey top three, <laughs> Me too, which was a mistake. Um, but yeah, fuck, fuck Rangers in the cup. Let's take it. I'm just I would love it. I don't but, want that. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. I don't know. So yeah, the Crider, the Crider injury definitely throws a wrench into what is already the crazy Metropolitan Division. It. You, Zach mentioned the Flyers before we jumped on, and me being a well-known Flyers hater, I'm just going to throw a couple facts out there, and then I'll let you guys kind of go back and forth as far as the top three in the Metro. So right now the Metro reads Washington, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. Uh, in that order, 64, 64, and 63 games played. 84, 81, 80 points. So the Flyers have moved one point, one point ahead of Pittsburgh, three points behind Washington. Let's look at the last 10. Philadelphia has only gone up one point in three points back, having won five in a row and eight and two in the last 10, while Washington has gone three, six, and one, and Pittsburgh has gone four, five, and one, including their current five-game losing streak, right. which should end tonight against San Jose. Pittsburgh's on a five-game losing yeah. streak? Should have ended Holy should have shit. ended it yesterday against the Ducks. And it didn't. Yeah. Or, you know, against the Kings. Yeah. Anyone, but it'll Ever end since tonight we picked the them to stomp the to. Leafs, they've gone 0 and 5. <laughs> yeah. No, they that. did stomp the Leafs, though. That was embarrassing. I know we got back at them, but holy shit. Well, what do you guys just it doesn't have to be anything specific, but we're looking at this top three. Yeah, Philadelphia has made up ground, but they've had all the opportunity in the world to make up ground. <clears throat> Assuming that Washington and Pittsburgh get their shit together in the next few weeks, is this smoke and mirrors from Philadelphia, or are they legitimately as good as these two teams? No, I don't think that they have. I don't think that their super their stars are capable of elevating. Of I don't think their stars are capable of care of like putting them on their backs the same way that Crosby and Ovechkin are. Um, and the same thing if Crosby goes down, then Malkin obviously, obviously takes over. So I don't think that Philadelphia has that capability. They're I think they're arguably as heavy as Washington, but I just don't think that uh, I just don't think that they're capable of elevating their game the same way. So I think Philadelphia finishes in that third spot at best in the Metro. Oh, I am. Changing my gears. I think Philadelphia's here to stay. I Pittsburgh's struggling right now. I don't I think that they may, as Luke said, stay at the third spot, but I still think there might be at this point a team to be worried about. Carter Hart's playing well as much as people I mean he's twenty one, twelve and three, two four nine with a nine ten save percentage. I playing how he needs to play for a playoff team. Five game win streak, eight two in the last ten, like you said. I just think, I think maybe they haven't figured out. Because I've said for too long that they're, that they're going to fall. And every episode I come back here and they're just yeah. higher yeah. than they were. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally fine to say they ha- haven't figured out. But the other two teams don't. Like, what is figured out for Washington and Pittsburgh 
knowing how much more talent because the the fucking worst narrative in hockey right now is how dominant Kevin Hayes is. He's been very good. He's got like 40 points. It's not like we're looking at like a 75 point guy who's carrying the flyers. Who makes the same amount of money as Kyle Connor, who has what back to back 30 goal seasons? Yeah. And an awesome fucking name. Yeah. Kyle. I, I I I don't know. I mean, Zach, I I hear what you're saying, and I mean, we were just talking about the Metro. It's a shit show, and the Flyers could very well be the third best team in the Metro. I'm not sold that the third best team even compares to the top two when they're firing on all cylinders, and they're just not like at firing on all cylinders. I mean, like those two teams just aren't playing up to their capability. In you know, Pittsburgh's finally mostly healthy and they're still playing without Gensel. Yeah. Holy shit. He's been out for the whole year and, and they've just, and they just keep rolling. That's the Pittsburgh is the biggest plug and play team in the NHL. They do that better than anybody else where one guy goes down. The other guy steps up. If Crosby's hurt, Gino just turns into super Malkin and plays better hockey without Crosby than with Crosby. So, and also Washington, Washington has been getting dog shit goaltending all season and they're still first in the Metro. Yeah, man. Hope he's yeah, on a fire start. What the hell? They've lost a lot of ground. It's yeah, they've lost they've lost a lot of ground. I'm I'm currently comparing Kyle Connor and Kevin Hayes. Connor has he had 57, he had 66 points last year. He's got 66 points in 66 games this year. Uh Kevin Hayes 39 and 64 this year. He's not even going to have his, his most career year. And I don't know if it's because of my location on Twitter always being in Metro Philadelphia, but it, it's all I see all the time is what a super rock star, insane old player Kevin Hayes is. And he's been a big part of why they've made up so much ground. <clears throat> but if I'm going to die on a hill, it's that when when it's all said and done, and if these three teams are all playing their best hockey – Philadelphia doesn't even get a second. The, the Flyers have allowed yeah. the least amount of shots per game. Does that shock you? The least amount of shots. Yep, really? The least amount of shots per game. That. And hasn't their D like that's nothing, that's why it surprises me because their D is like nothing to write home about. Because Provorov is not really like your defense, like your Adam Foot defensive stalwart. You, you know, he's he's a puck mover and. Gostaspier hasn't been great either, right? Yeah, no. Well, no. Gostaspier got sent down for a while. Oh yeah, he was on a condi- like yeah. He's been such a up and down hockey player lately. Yeah, I mean the the it doesn't blow me away because looking at where the Flyers rank in uh, goals against this year, you know they're they're only a few goals behind St. Louis and Tampa, and then ahead of them is Carolina, Arizona, Columbus, Pittsburgh Islanders. Colorado, Boston, and Dallas. So, you know, and that's that's spread out over a 23-goal spread. Dallas having 164 and, and Philly having 187 against. In uh, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia, they can put the puck in the net, but uh, it'll always boil down to, and it might be the hardest thing for Flyers fans to accept, but Claude Giroux disappears in the playoffs. His playoff numbers last since he became captain are – I'd be insulting dog shit. They are so bad. He disappears. And then Sean Couturier becomes Joe Sackick. 
like just elite. <laughs> I don't like Sean Couturier plays like decent, like selkie level hockey during the regular season. And then he's, he's insane in the playoffs because he has to be. Yeah. It, that's a fair point. Hey Zach, how do you feel about uh Luke going Sackick instead of Eisenman? That there? was a bad take. <laughs> I admit it. That was a terrible take. Oh, uh, we uh, we also would have taken Tate, so you were you were you were wrong twice. <laughs> uh, but you make a good point where the the Flyers do have a guy who steps up when Giroud disappears because that's a that's a given that he's going to disappear. At, at least it's be, it's become a trend. In you talked about how, especially in Pittsburgh's case, it doesn't have to be Sid. In even when Sid's won the Conn Smythe, it wasn't really his to win. Like Malkin deserved it in the 16, 17 year. But it, I don't know, man. There's just so much talent on in Washington and Pittsburgh that it, it's hard for me to look at. I mean, yeah, the Flyers could probably score more goals on the Capitals, but I mean, okay, Sean Couturier steps up in the playoffs. Guess who Tom Wilson's gonna kill the first game? <laughs> Very true. Yeah, they have Tom Wilson. And then they have a def- like, and then they have Radko Gudis and Brendan Dillon on the back end. That's not fun. That's, yeah, and not to not mention Ilya Kovalchuk doesn't even go into his own zone, so he's just going to be waiting at the red line, ready to kill whoever's on the back check. Yeah, I this again seven games of Washington Pittsburgh in the second round. Book it. I, I'm for it. Uh, let's let's turn to. I know it's what Luke's been waiting for. It. Revolves around one of my worst takes, but the Atlantic has been pretty cut and dry as far as the top. Uh, but things are getting a little interesting as far as uh, the three spot. I mean, Tampa's going to finish second, even though they're on a four-game losing streak as well. Uh, they trail Boston by seven points. They have a game in hand. Right behind them, those damn Toronto Maple Leafs who have been pretty good since I buried them our last Saturday episode. Or when, was it Wednesday? Wednesday. Zach, when did I bury the Leafs? Wednesday. Yeah, right after. Yeah, so I, I, uh, I buried the Leafs in reverse psychology work. They, they look decent. Well, I think you were totally fair to count, like call them out and just completely write them off. They, who they have the Toronto Marlies from two years ago, plus Tyson Berry, who is talented offensively but not great in his own end. They, like they, Jake Muzzin signs that extension plays a couple of excellent hockey games and then gets hurt, got hurt against Tampa. Right. And then, yeah. And then, and then now he's at another four weeks. He's at a broken foot and now a broken hand. It's like it, look, I want them to make the playoffs. And obviously this team, like the fact that they played as well as they did against Florida with no Morgan Riley, no Jake Muzzin. uh, It's like, it's starting to look like Cody Cece is becoming more important. And Cody Cece is a fucking turnstile. Um, but it doesn't, even if they get into the playoffs, it doesn't look good. I don't want to count my team out like that, but like, I, it, it doesn't look good just because of how banged up they are. And, and, and they're, and Freddie hasn't been as good as he was in the last couple of years. Uh, they got, they got, they got a lot of points in front of them. I mean, they play the Canucks at home and then they got the three California teams on the road, which are awful. Oh God, they better win. They better win tonight. I'm going to hear it from all my fucking classmates that <laughs> love the Canucks. They don't. Win yeah. It, I, my, my thing was, and I, I even made the joke. It's, 
they are uber talented offensively, even though they don't show it all the time. Yeah. But the biggest thing for me, you know, when I when I'm put in that spot to judge a team like that, when I'm looking at one NHL defenseman in a top six, that's a major issue. Yeah. And I mean, if they can find a, a way to play around it, then so be. I mean, the the proof is when you look at these standings and they have. 15 more goals scored on the year than Boston and 50 more goals given up. That's it, it is not just Freddie. I mean, Hutchinson was bad, but the, the decor got to do something. Yeah. They don't have enough pure defenders. That's the one issue. Like they've always been about developing, developing speed and developing offensive talent but they don't have enough guys who I just want to what I wanted at the trade deadline. I didn't want the Matt. I mean, I would have loved the Matt Dumba trade, but that just wasn't going to happen. I just want a guy who can stand in front of his own crease and just move people out of the way and not treat the puck like a, like a live hand grenade. That's the shark's problem. So I just, I just want a guy who can move people out of the way so that the goalie can see the shot. And they didn't, and they don't have that. Jake Muzzin is the closest thing they have. I need a guy who can do that that shoots right. You know, it's it's funny you mention that because I am currently looking at a still frame from the Bruins Islanders game that is on, where Tory Krug is on his knees in the crease and Tuka Rask is four feet to his left, <laughs> nonchalantly. Uh, <goal> <laughs> Like you talk about positioning. That is tough. Holy shit. But that is exactly what the, the Leafs need as far as – I don't know. I mean, do you need that against Tampa? I mean, could their speed and goal-scoring ability push them – because they're going to play Tampa. If they make the playoffs, it's got to be in that three spot. Unless they find – well, unless they find a way to get a wild card and then they're playing Washington or Pittsburgh, which I would give the Leafs a better shot in that series, even though I still don't, I'm not optimistic, but I actually, for some, they're not in their head over those teams there. It's a mental thing with Boston and Tampa, less so Tampa, but yeah, if they play Tampa. I still think they, because they, yeah, they need their defense. They need, yeah, they wouldn't have a shot against Tampa. They need a guy. But I don't, I don't, I, yeah. Oh, I completely disagree because of one yeah, reason. John Cooper, you know. I, a first round, John Cooper, the, okay. The, how do I want to put this? The weight of John Cooper being a bad coach is not as heavy as the weight of getting out of the first round for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Absolutely, that's a, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's a yeah, take. that's a good point. That's it, 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 I think that's also geographical too. I think a lot of that has to do is because they're Toronto, not because of the actual team. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, like being in the center of the hockey universe. Luke, I hear what you're saying, but there is no fucking way they get in the playoffs if if they've got to rely on a wild card spot. No, I don't think so. Like it, it's a slim chance just because of the just because of how tight those like four teams are, the two in and then the two out. So and and then even and even if somehow they do, like they're I don't I don't want to play against Washington or Pittsburgh in the first round. Like that's no, no thanks. A hell like a healthy Ovechkin coming at me. Ugh. <laughs> Are they getting their well, defense I back? Mean, What's the timeline on this? So Morgan Riley and Cody Cece are probably a couple weeks still, and then Jake Muzzin four weeks. So they're going to have him back just before the season ends. So it's you got to they have to they got to win tonight, 
and they got to sweep. They have to sweep the California road trip. That's the only like they they have to sweep that. That's when I'll really feel like they have a chance um, because Florida, Florida has a back to back today and tomorrow. So they're losing their game in hand. Um, so the Leafs have to win tonight and bank on Florida, maybe only getting two out of four points. And then they have to sweep California without their defense. Yeah, well, I mean, if you got to sweep a state, you might as well go. There. <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about not able, having. You defense. should be able to go into all three of those buildings and just fucking yeah, four tear to one, up. three nothing, four to one. Well, yes, it should be. Here, here's the the weird thing about Toronto move or Tampa moving forward is could the Leafs catch Tampa? It'd take a lot, but Tampa has Boston twice. Toronto, they're at Toronto. They host Philly all in the next two weeks. Granted, they also host Montreal, Detroit, and are at Detroit in that time frame. Oh, if you don't sweep that little stretch, oof. That yeah, you you they gotta win. You gotta punish them. that. They end the season, Toronto. Oh my god, fuck it. They end the season on a four-game homestand against three playoff, like playoff contenders, Toronto. Columbus and the Rangers and then, or they end March, I should say they have a couple games. In and then, April. so they have the chance to really play spoiler at all three of those games. That is, that is true too. I, I mean, I guess if the, if the Leafs have to rely on a wild card, you're rooting for Tampa in that situation, but yeah. Uh, so, so we, we've looked at basically all the contenders. I think at this point in the season, we've eliminated most of the pretenders Outside of Philly and Winnipeg at this point, but in maybe Nashville, Zach, you you already mentioned the Rangers are probably your uh, well, it's leap day, so we're going to talk about taking leaps in the standings. And the Rangers yeah, are yours. As I don't want to reiterate everything I already said, but uh, yeah, I just think that a lot, a lot of teams in front of them are struggling, Penguins included. So you could almost say six through two are struggling. So seven might not be seven for long. Interesting. What about you, Luke? Who uh, Who's making a big leap in the standings? I'm going to say Calgary. I think they're going to get their shit together, and I think Vancouver is going to fall back into that first wild card spot. Uh, just I don't I, I I have faith in Thatcher Demko that he's going to get a couple of points for them, but he's not Markstrom. And uh, so I think Calgary is going to overtake them for that three spot in the uh, and Giordano is day to day now, so he's almost back. Yeah, so they're. I think Calgary they like they need to get their shit together like cuz Nashville's on their heels but yeah I think Calgary's going to going to get in. Yeah, Nashville's on their heels heels and uh for anyone that doesn't know because I I remember reading about this in the beginning of the se- of the season but forgot until recently uh the first tiebreaker right now or this going into this year is regulation wins. Calgary only has 23. And how many wins the- total do they have? Wow. 33. Wow. So <laughs> that was cool. Uh, Vegas, Vegas has 28. Vancouver is 26. Edmonton is 28. Nashville is 29. Winnipeg has 30 and Minnesota is 30. So Winnipeg Calgary's got to create separation somewhere. Winnipeg has 30. Reg- oh, I'm no, sorry. Okay. They have 26. They, but yeah. still more than. 
more than that was regulation or overtime wins, which is the second tiebreaker, and they still lead Calgary in that. Uh, my thing, and I would love this just for the the decision that Zach Mack would have to make. Calgary could, if they were going to jump anyone next, it would be Edmonton. The way the standings are as we speak, as we record this at two forty two on Saturday, Edmonton is the three seed in the Pacific. Calgary is the first wild card one point behind Edmonton and Vancouver has two games in hand currently over Calgary in one over Edmonton. So man, I would love to talk to Zach Mack about Vegas and Edmonton in the first round. I like that Calgary, that Calgary pick as far as leaping up in the standings. My, this is tough. This is very, very tough. I'm going to be boring I want to say Carolina, uh, but I think I'd just be pandering to some of my favorite fans. <laughs> this team is already in a good spot, but I mean, Pittsburgh's going to leap up into the league. <clears throat> in the I next was afraid week. you were going to say that. I mean, a, a five game losing streak for this Pittsburgh team. Just a, just a weird slump. I mean, Tampa, we're all high on Tampa and they spent the first month and a half of the season or two and a half months of the season being very bad. So we're very at pedestrian, but yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh's only four points back. Do they They're going to turn it around. Do they have games in hand on Washington? Yeah, they have, they have one game in hand on both Philly and Washington. Okay. Yeah. So I think, yeah, like if any, like it's going to be Pittsburgh and Washington, I think just sort of uh, like flip-flopping that one and two spot by the end of the season, like within a couple points of each other. Yeah. I mean, uh, Washington, they host Philly next Wednesday. They're at Pittsburgh next Saturday. And they have Pittsburgh one more time on the schedule for the rest of the season. So that, that flip-flopping is going to happen a lot. But I, I said it before the losing streak, and it probably bit me in the ass. But when they the next time that Philly or that Pittsburgh builds a two-point lead over Washington, you can cement it as that. Pittsburgh, Washington, Philly. I think that I, I think that's how it'll end, and I think that's how it's going to look uh, in a few short games, if I had to guess. Yeah, that, I don't hate that take. I think that's I think that's probably what we're looking at. What about Philly, Washington, Pittsburgh? Did we miss? It? If it's Philly, <laughs> right. if it's Philly, Washington, Pittsburgh, then I. Well, I mean, the Islanders will beat Philly, so that I mean that, that handles that. Oh, I would love that first. I would First love round that upset. the Philly fans would be so mad. <laughs> yeah, talk about two fan bases that you hate to see in the playoffs. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, Do we miss anything for this week? Oh, Bobby Ryan. Oh, yeah. Bobby Ryan Zach gets a hat trick. I, I don't think it was his first game back. It was like a second or third game back. But first, okay, first, first home. home game back after recovering from his, uh, well, he sought help through the NHL Players Association for alcohol abuse. So uh, back first Home game back since sometime in November, early November, I think. Uh, gets a hat trick, ends with an empty ender, but still something you love to see. The smile on his face was just priceless. Yeah, 100 days yeah, over. I mean, yeah, which is really fucking cool. And see a dude wiping away tears on the bench and just hearing that crowd go nuts. For I mean, talk about a crowd that hasn't had a lot to cheer for since that uh, 
Eastern Conference Final. They they've been looking for a reason to go nuts, and they found it. And it's it's hard not to be happy for for Bobby Ryan and and for everything that he went through to be able to overcome it and continue to fight that battle. Good for him. That was a that was a really cool story. I I saw him score, and I tagged Zach on Twitter, and it kind of I looked at my phone and he had a hat trick. <laughs> it just happened really fast, but that was that was a lot of fun. You know what's really sad with Bobby Ryan is that like the guy is a great hockey player, but his hands are literally being pieced together with glue because he's just taken so many sticks and pucks to them. Like yeah. people, people knock him for making too much money and he's not putting up the points. It's because his hands don't work anymore. He knows how to skate. He knows where to position himself. I literally just think it's because he can't really shoot the puck anymore. It's sad. Yeah, well, I, I said it on Wednesday. People forget what him and Corey Perry brought to the table in Anaheim. Yeah. I mean, that was a long time ago, but that was a duo. Yeah, that's not a fun. Well, those those two plus Getzlav in the playoffs. Oh, gross. Yeah. Man, 2011 was fucking <laughs> wild. <laughs> I think that was the least right. last. One of them. Yeah. Uh, Luke, where can people find yourself on the internet? Okay, so you can follow me on Twitter, Luke McGraw, L-U-K-E-M-C-G-R-A-T-H underscore nine seven. And uh, I host the Tee Off podcast. I haven't put one out in 10 days. I'm going to have one out tomorrow. I try to recap all of the uh, stuff going on in the PGA Tour, LPGA, and European Tour. Um, I love to hate on Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson DeChambeau more so. Um, and uh, yeah, so follow me on Twitter. Uh, going to try to Got to try to get more writing out as well. Not That's on the Belly Up Podcast stuff. Network? That is on the Belly Up Podcast nice. Network. Thanks for paying attention. Hey, uh, before we get out of here, who's going to win the Masters? Ooh. This is the year for there, Rory. There is a right answer. This is the year, this is the year for, for who? Rory. Rory Rory. Who's your I guy? I like it. I'm 100% Irish. I, I grew up a, a Tiger a tiger guy and i'll i'll die a tiger guy i just okay. he's it, not it's you know what, he's, not, he's not playing next week at the arnold palmer which is a bit I of a surprise that. but i guess his back is a little stiff still yeah i mean limber up you know april's not that far off he's got he's got to be ready uh little known fact well little known among the belly up community my grandfather spent some time on the tour yeah played with jack wow wow i got a i got a picture that hangs up in his old office it's at my my grandmother's house in michigan it's him jack uh mori katsuyama and the amateur that was with them that day it was uh that's that's a cool story to to shout out to people when they're in the golf that's, that's awesome. my claim to fame wow yeah so that's the only reason i got into golf i wouldn't have otherwise so i'm i'm happy for that can i get you guys on my pod for the masters preview yes then? absolutely okay because i know i want to do that probably the week before so we got to make that happen yeah, the tee off and tall boys that's what we'll that. market it as absolutely <laughs> oh oh my yeah we gotta no we gotta do a video <laughs> podcast yeah we're all rocking green jackets absolutely is that disrespectful uh who cares listen thank you guys so much for listening we are so thankful that luke mcgraw came on to join us this will not be his only appearance on puck puck pass you can guarantee that uh, for Maria, for at Luke McGraw underscore 97, for at It's Zach Mack, I'm at Hosted by KJ. This was at Puck Puck Pass Pod. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. We saw no light. We saw no signal. And we...
Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZachMath, and at PuckPuckPassPod. Thank <laughs> you.